You're listening to The Chain, a science podcast where we bring what is new in biologics and protein engineering to the community of scientists working in this field. We discuss the latest developments with leaders who are on the front lines of cutting-edge research. When I was a kid, I was fascinated by the mysteries of the world. How did cars work? Why did the sun shine every day? And how in the world did that potato, when you stick electrodes poked in it, how did that power the light bulb that it was connected to? Well, to learn about all of these things was to learn about science and learn about engineering. And I was surrounded by a lot of both. What was the difference? The difference in mindset? Was, I, was it more important to have one or the other? Was it more fun to be an engineer or a scientist? This is Science Commune, and I'm Daniel Chen. Today, I'm joined by... Pablo Mañe. Pablo, it's great to be here with you and get a chance to talk. Likewise. Um, you're someone who has walked both sides as both an engineer and a scientist. Do you identify more with being one or the other? That's an interesting question. I, I actually hadn't thought so much about it. Um, I guess I would say I feel both. I, I feel both. I, I always have enjoyed both aspects. The, um, uh, engineering, the design, uh, how to um, build something new and try to apply certain design principles, uh, but at the same time the applying just a scientific method to understand um, a, a complex uh, system. And, um, and I guess in my daily work I am trying to employ both. I'm trying to understand complex biological systems and then applying engineering principles to try to come up with better, hopefully better drug candidates. And you're surrounded by both engineers and scientists, people that yeah. would identify as one versus the other. Do you see a difference in how they think about the world, how they think about problems? Yes, yes it is. Um, I guess the inge engineers normally, at, in, at least in, within the field of, of biology, in, within the field of, of, of biology uh, or drug discovery for in, in, um, in, in, in general and, and especially with biologicals, uh, engineers, my feeling is they more naturally from the beginning, it starts seeing the problems in a very quantitative fashion. It's a lot about uh, different rates for different processes and how these rates, you know, interact. Um, I think the biologists try; to, they think a lot more about the understanding the complexity just from the elements that participate and designing really good experiments and a lot of controls, for example, whereas engineers are thinking at the beginning more about, again, about, about the uh, quantitative parameters describing a system. That's, a well, that's an interesting way to think about it. So it seems to me like you've had an incredible career in terms of bringing innovation forward, both from an engineering and a biology standpoint. 
How did you end up where you are today? Was there a moment when you knew you were, as a kid, that you wanted to be a scientist or an engineer or, I don't know, maybe you wanted to race cars? <laughs> no, I, I, I think I, sounds boring, but I, I wanted to be, I think, a scientist since I was uh, pretty, pretty young, I think. I can remember, I don't know, maybe when I was already 10 or, or so, I, I was already pretty interested in, in um, in physics, actually interesting, not so much in biology to begin with. It was more chemistry, physics, those kind of things. Uh, uh, and um, then I went into university actually, uh, and I studied my first, uh, my undergraduate studies were in chemical engineering. Uh, and I didn't do any biology at all there. It was only towards the end of the studies that um, we had some um, uh, like courses, more related like to fermentations uh, and uh, that you know really intrigued me and it it got me uh, you know thinking about the you know what how many wonderful things could be done by engineering biological systems and the complexity the richness that is there and, and also the, the, the kind of very appealing puzzles let's say uh, and uh, and thinking that yeah that we want, could try to apply also first on, try to understand better those systems but at the same time once there one could formulate certain hypotheses then try to approach that with, by applying certain engineering principles uh, and, and that's how I then went to switch during my graduate studies which I started actually also in an engineering department but then switch more into molecular and cellular biology um, so it was not really planned, let's say. It just kind of happened. Uh, as I said, I started with engineering. One day there was a course in fermentation and that got me thinking and one thing led to the next. And so it seems like you definitely walk both of these worlds, the engineering and the science world today in your career. I try to, yes. <laughs> I try to. How do you utilize then your thinking? Do you feel like you approach problems from a quantitative standpoint? Do you start from, you know, a scientific question? How do you approach innovation in what you do? Mm -hmm. Yes, I, in, in general, I, I, I try to do that, at least. I think I try to do that. I try to first, again, try to understand. Uh, as you know, I'm working in, in how to better engage the immune system to fight cancer using um, uh, mainly biological drugs. And, uh, and so first I try to come from understanding all the pieces of the system, right? And then to try to identify which are the more critical ones in a, for a, in a given situation. And, uh, and then after that, trying to understand the quantitative aspects of those interactions. Uh, and once we understand that or can formulate hypotheses about those rates, then again, trying to intervene with a molecule that is designed based on that understanding of, of these different, um, this, uh, these different uh, rates. The rate at which, uh, you know, T cells coming into a tumor, the rate at which they get activated, the rate at which they get inhibited by different processes. And, and then how, you know, how does that influence at the end, you know, the, the outcome? Uh, and then when you design a molecule, how, you know, you know, how strong it has to interact with this partner versus that other partner, 
those kind of things. So a little bit, try to think a little bit quantitatively as early as possible, let's say. And so now when you think about our field of cancer immunotherapy, I mean, you've done all sorts of things to try to engage the immune system in different ways um, and using novel approaches to achieve that. Do you in your mind see the next great problem that we have to solve in the field of cancer immunotherapy? If you were to pick one, what would that be? I think many times I think that one kind of like um, the holy grail, let's say, <laughs> would be if one could in a really controlled, reproducible way induce what people call as an in-situ vaccination, right? So that, that you, you know, as you know, a, a fraction of patients has their immune system has you know, can recognize their tumor in a productive way. So they have had somehow during the tumor evolution an in-situ vaccination. So, and those are the ones that uh, respond, for example, quite well to checkpoint inhibitors, right? And um, the majority of patients are not in that situation, right? And we are trying to use exogenous vaccination, for example, but that means you need to identify antigens, right? It's not so easy, or you can use synthetic approaches like the one you know we work on in my group with to try to redirect t-cells but that requires also identifying cancer cell antigens so if you could without having to identify the cancer cell antigens try to somehow in a reproducible way induce that in situ vaccination that happened in those few patients that respond so well to to checkpoint inhibitors i think that that, that would be great i i could imagine that this is going to be a, a, if you want to do it in a reproducible way, it's going to be a very, it's a very complex problem and it will require bringing many players into place and probably you will need combination therapies. Um, but yeah, for me, that, that, that would be a, something great if we could crack it. Well, it seems like that is very much the intersection between synthetic immunity and endogenous immunity and does bring in the power of both. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Pablo. It was great to talk to you. Thank you, Dan. Likewise. Thank you for joining us on The Chain. Tune in next time for more conversations about science, research, and exploring the world of protein engineering.